understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Stranded Face Podcast. It is your host, your girl, Jessica Hurley, and I want to let you know that you are in for a really interesting episode today. If you've been listening all week, um, this has been a little bit of a different week kind of like a series. This is the third episode this week in reference to some of the things that are going on today. Um, If you are, this is your first episode you're catching, make sure to go back to Becoming an Ally, the first episode um, about the Black Lives Matter movement. And then uh, the following episode, which was a letter to my whitest self, which is where I talk about acknowledging my privilege and my ego in the midst of all of this, which must be the first thing that we need to do to move forward as non-black and white people. There is a recent episode called The Right Kind of White. And then today's episode, which is something that I did two years ago, but I thought it was so important to share because one, I realized I've never shared it on the Strain of Phase podcast. And two, I think it's so, so relevant. And here's my why. So the episode I'm sharing with you today is the audio from my TEDx speech. And so for those of you that don't know, in 28, April 2018, I had the pleasure and the opportunity of doing a TEDx speech at the University of South Florida, can't believe I forgot, University of South Florida in St. Petersburg um, campus here in Florida. And um, when I was chosen, I remember sitting with a group of friends and thinking, oh my God, I have to talk about something that really matters to me. And everyone, one of my good friends looked at me and everyone looked at me, but she said, you know what you need to talk about? And they said, yeah, your obsession with mentoring and the idea of mentoring changing people's lives and how many people's lives you've actually mentored and seen true success from. And so in April 2018, I did a TEDx called The Ripple Effect of Mentoring. It was one I worked really hard on. And the reason why I call, I, I'm saying this to be relevant is because, so first and foremost, I want to disclaim this by saying, I am not saying that this is the sole solution to change when we are talking about the chaos and the systemic racism at hand. This is not the sole solution. I am sharing this episode because I think it is part of one of many things that we can do outside of some of the main things that we're being told. There's so many links being shared around to donate, um, so many petitions to sign, so many laws to change or participate and rally around. Um, There's also so much that we don't know and I'm going out on a whim here and I'm not, I have not fact checked this, but I'm hearing from so many people that people can't even find where the money that's being donated to blacklivesmatter.org is even going. And so I just say that to say sometimes while so many of us are searching for something directly to do, this TEDx that I did talks about the direct impact one individual like yourself can have by mentoring a few people. 
And there's so many organizations local to myself and those of you listening in the Tampa Bay area, there are so many organizations where you can go mentor people that are already affected young black men and women, young black boys and girls that are already affected by racism and just the system that oppresses them at such an early age because their parents have suffered from it. You can mentor them. There's so many amazing organizations for five years. I was the uh, corporate partnership director for an organization called amikids.org. Oops, that's the website called AMI Kids. <laughs> I was trying to plug them before I was plugging them. Called AMI Kids, and um, we were dealing with young adults that were primarily black and people of color, and basically all minorities that were averaging six to 10 felonies before the age of 18. And we were trying to keep them from prison. And some of the programs we had were some of the most amazing things that I've ever been a part of. This is not work release. This is not the things that you see. This is not DJJ. They were not in juvenile detention centers. Um, We were homes and schools for them and like camps and programs and career programs and getting them educational training and certifications and ensuring that they got jobs when they got out so they would not lead into a vicious circle that became part of a prison pipeline. It's one of the most incredible organizations I've ever worked for. The organization I worked for before that was called Youth Build, which is a national organization that has been around for over 75 years and is in almost every at-risk community that you know of that is created to help minorities and black black young men and women join um, the construction industry and be part of an industry that is never dying and always growing and learn a true trade and skill um, that they can continue to increase their wage in. So there's so many incredible, incredible organizations out there that already exist that do some of this work that directly impacts the lives and significant change because I could go into this for hours, but um, putting dollars into the pockets of black people is a huge start Training our young black men and women is a huge start. Keeping them out of the prison pipeline and out of the system that oppresses them and keeps them in prison and jail and violating probation and not able to pay their restitution and all of this shit. That, there's so many organizations that are already doing that. And so if you want to have a direct impact, if maybe, just maybe, all of these You've signed the petitions, you've donated money, but you don't feel like you're having a real impact. I get that. I get that. That's how I've always been. I want to go put my hands in it. And maybe protesting isn't for you. Maybe you're pregnant. Maybe you have a family. Maybe it's just not a good fit for you. But there are other things you can do to have a direct impact. And I don't want to make this sound like a charity case. But the truth is, is that our America oppresses has things in place that will continue continue to oppress black parents, which affects the lives of our black brothers and sisters and their children. And then their children are adversely affected by this. And so there are some places and some organizations where we can step in and break those chains by being mentors and advocates and donors to these organizations. That's just one thing that I know a lot about. So that's what I wanted to share. And so in this TEDx speech, I talk about how 
how I might be speaking to you and saying that you going to go mentor a few people might feel like it doesn't have a significant impact, but I talk deeply about the actual impact it will have, and it might actually blow your mind. So for some of you that are wondering what to do and mentoring or donating or being a part of a local organization might be an option, you need to go listen to this episode. So without further ado, my TEDx speech from 2018 called The Ripple Effect of Mentoring. And by the way, the link, there's two links in the show notes I want you to go check out. One is the actual YouTube video. I would love for you to go check it out. Um, And the second is that if you feel during this time that you have a message and you have something to say, I always say illuminating voices is my thing. So there's a link there to talk to tell you how to apply for a TEDx speech. I had so many people after this ask me that I put a guide together because I think everyone has an incredible, important and singular message, meaning that you can say something that will speak to people that I cannot say. Therefore, you deserve a platform if you feel called to speak on something, especially during this time. Use your voice. So there's a guide in there on how to secure a TEDx talk. And there is a link to my TEDx video on YouTube. Take a listen, take some notes. I hope you guys enjoy. Shoplifting at 15, fighting and disturbing the peace at 17, underage drinking at 18, and then a DUI at 19. And doesn't this sound like someone to you who desperately needed a mentor? Imagine with me for a moment being in this young lady's shoes and waking up to something crazy like this. Hey, yo, Brady Bunch, it's time to wake up. <laughs> she wakes up startled and disoriented, realizing the girl yelling at her is someone she went to high school with. It was in that moment she set eyes on the bright orange-colored jumpsuit she was wearing and realized she wasn't in her bed. She was in jail. She was arrested that night for a DUI. Now, I know many of you may know someone who's had one too many drinks and made the unfortunate decision to get behind the wheel. This actually isn't that unusual. But the problem was, this wasn't this young lady's first rodeo. This would be her fourth arrest over a five-year span. And nine years ago, this young lady was me. And I tell you this craziness with good reason. It's because there's hundreds and thousands of youth out there like me. And when you fast forward to today's issues that our youth are faced with, like questioning their safety in schools, cyberbullying, or just circumstances that they can't control, and suddenly, our future is going to rest on a generation that we don't even know how to help. So to really, really affect change, are we willing to get from behind our phones and get in these trenches to help young people? There's already proof that when quality mentoring is provided, high school dropout rates fall, college completion rates rise, and students are more likely to become productive members of society. So when you're sitting there in the midst of all this chaos, wondering what one of you can do to instill lasting change in this and future generations to come, there's power in mentoring.
It was a year prior to that fourth arrest. I was at work one day. I was 17 years old, and my longtime boss approached me with that dreaded question. She said, Jess, what are your plans for college? <laughs> and I have to be honest with you guys. Even as a junior in high school, I was never even planning on it. I had actually just been arrested and suspended for fighting, and I was facing being expelled because I almost caused the lunchroom brawl. So college wasn't even on my radar. But in shock, she couldn't fathom why college wasn't on my mind. But in my mind, I was too broken already. I'd messed up too many times. And even if, I knew my parents couldn't afford to send me to college. She was even more upset when I brought my report cards in and she realized I had a 3.2 GPA still. You see, I wasn't stupid per se, I wasn't out to harm others or be destructive or be mislabeled this misbehaved juvenile. I just favored making friends and playing follow the leader over everything. I favored popularity over purpose. I favored fitting in and making a name for myself over everything. I lacked exposure and I had little respect for the possibilities that my future could hold. I literally thought that college and a good job was for those people, not me. So that day, my boss, her name was Jamie, Jamie decided that she would become my mentor, which is great, <laughs> except I had no idea what a mentor was. <laughs> so when I try to explain mentoring for you, I think of the time that I had mandatory community service hours. And I knew my mentor would sign off on my hours. That's what mentors are for. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> she called a friend at the local Humane Society and told me to go pick up poop. <laughs> or the five college applications that she helped me fill out line by line because I was clueless or just the fact that she celebrated every win with me, big or small, she was always there. In fact, she's here right now. <laughs> and that's what a mentor is. They're just a trusted friend or an advisor that's gonna help guide you through life based on their experiences. And for someone like me, that was everything. And that's what I need you to understand, is I'm not asking you to go be this beyond selfless person just to become a mentor. Jamie didn't give me a magic pill. She didn't pay for my college tuition. She didn't take me to Starbucks every day. Maybe it was every other day, right? <laughs> she just taught me how to approach problems differently and then evaluate each option to solving them. You know what else she did? She would set these high, lofty, crazy goals for me, things that I'd never even considered. And then she would lay out the tools to help me achieve them. And well, practice makes perfect, right? So a point came where I finally learned how to do it by myself. 
And she would eventually help turn this misguided, confused follower into a bright, ambitious young lady. So when I was arrested for that fourth time, it was actually totally different because I already had a relationship with my mentor. So I wasn't scared of the court costs. I wasn't scared of the charges I was facing. I was scared to death of the very person that set those high expectations for me and actually believed that I would achieve them. I promise I paced back and forth in that jail cell for hours rehearsing my excuse as to why I disappointed this woman. <laughs> and when the time came, I still got chewed out. <laughs> I think she said things like, I hope you're never allowed to drive that stupid car again, and you're going to be lucky if they don't kick your butt out of college. Except it was a lot louder and a little bit meaner. <laughs> but in true mentoring fashion, we got past it, and she was still there. So I returned to the college I was recently accepted to. I juggled classes and therapy and mandatory drunk driving and work, all while being on probation the rest of my college career, till the second I crossed the stage. But this time, I was thriving, partially because I was ready to be successful maybe a little bit because of the consequences I was facing. But it was really because Jamie was still there. After three years and multiple screw-ups, this woman was still my biggest fan. So, so I finally started to see what she saw, which was just a better version of myself. So despite what statistics say about someone with multiple offenses, I graduated in 2010 with my bachelor's degree. I became part of the 55% that are more likely to enroll in college when having a mentor. I later went on to live in six different communities where I worked for multiple nonprofits, always advocating or working with our youth. I've actually never done anything else. I then went on to get my master's degree in nonprofit management. And now I work for a big nonprofit called AMI Kids. We serve 5,000 at-risk youth a year, helping them get jobs and therapy, education, and mentors, while striving to make sure that they don't reoffend. Because everyone deserves a second chance, right? You see, the choice that my mentor made not only led me to believe that I could leave the small community I was raised in and get a degree or change the track of my life for the better, it gave me this unshakable desire to do what my mentor did for me, for other youth. So I did. Over the last nine years, I've mentored over 100 youth one-on-one, -on -one, with at least 17 that I still talk to today, and there's five right here in Pinellas County. And can I just say, I love, 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 love being a mentor. And that makes me part of the 90% of mentees that are then interested in becoming mentors. And based on those findings, I know it's likely that many of those 17 are going to go on to mentor as well. In fact, I know four of them that are already on that journey and are mentors right now. <laughs>
So you see, the choice that my mentor made, which could be your choice too, led to this wild spread of mentoring. Her one choice, 10 years ago, not only impacted my life, it's now impacted 22 lives for decades to come, as they're now more likely to, go to graduate high school, go to college, and become productive members of society. So when you're sitting there wondering what one of you can do to affect change, I need you to go beyond adding your name to that social media campaign. Don't retweet that hashtag. Find a young person that's already in your life, because there are hundreds and thousands of youth where I was, and become a mentor, and watch your impact ripple through generations to come. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.